Blog Talk Radio. Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, April the 10th, and uh, today we'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda, as we like to do on on Mondays, and let's get right to it, because there's some big news in, in the country, and another shooting, Bill, in, in Kentucky, I think it is Kentucky, uh, in yes. Kentucky, let me uh, welcome you, as always, every Monday, Bill, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, well, except for that shooting, I'm having a yes. reasonable day, and except for a lot of the other news that we're getting about this, the status of our country and the condition right. of our country, and in, except for the enormous intelligence leak that's being reported, uh, and you just wonder who in the United States government would do something that treacherous. But aside from that, I'm having a pretty good day. Yeah, I, I know what you feel, but let me, let me begin with this shooting in Kentucky. Uh, because I, I, I'm just looking at uh, a report that is coming out as we speak. This is from, I guess, a press conference by the police. By the way, once again, we see good police work, and we need to uh, uh, to commend the police for that. But this particular case, Bill, caught my attention. This is 23, a 23, 23-year-old young man. Uh, but here's the part that really gets me. He was live-streaming. During the attack, this is off the the news report that is coming out, meaning that he had, you know, I guess live streaming is when you're showing people live what you're doing, I guess, yes, on exactly. whatever, mm-hmm. well, whatever, whatever medium you're using. I mean, I, you know, I, I have no idea what they used, maybe TikTok or whatever they're using, YouTube or whatever. But it really makes you wonder, somebody who would live stream himself killing people, uh, it, it really calls into question what exactly is the problem in the country, Bill, because, you know, they, they all go back to the guns, but uh, I don't see that as a problem, and I'm sure they have a law in, ten, in Kentucky that says you're not supposed to kill people. So, I mean, it's crazy, Bill. Well, it, it's crazy, and yet there is a, a history to some degree of it, uh, in the 1930s, the, the era of the gangster, the famous gangsters, uh, we had, we didn't have the technology, of course, that we have today, but gangsters would be quite proud of what they did. Uh, some of them would send photographs uh, to, uh, to the police, uh, taunting them. Uh, I, I think that Bonnie and Clyde did send out, at times, photographs of, of the two together. Uh, and and bragging about about the things they did. And one of the reasons they did it is that during that era, uh, and for reasons that we probably should try to understand, many of the uh, the outlaws were, were among parts of the public heroes. And they were heroes because they would rob a bank and they would burn the mortgages that were stored in the bank. And many of the uh, customers of that bank couldn't pay their mortgages. They, they, it was the Depression. They were They were out of work. They were out of business, and they liked the fact that the mortgages were being burned. It would give them some more time. Now, that may be you know, kind of a raw form of, of personal justice, but in a way you can understand it. They, they, um, the country was in terrible condition during the Depression. There was a great deal of anger, a great deal of bitterness, a feeling that they were – the average American was handed a very bad deal, which is why Franklin Roosevelt called his uh, program the New Deal. Uh, be, because Americans thought they were got a very bad deal. They knew there were rich Americans who weren't affected by the Depression, people living in big mansions, driving big cars. And so when a bank was robbed and the mortgages were burned, in a way they cheered. They may not have been in favor of lawlessness. There's no, uh, by the way, 
suggested in the statistics that crime went up during the depression. In fact, it actually didn't. But, uh, you know, when people, this guy who, who, who streamed what he was doing must have felt he was performing some kind of a public service. Maybe there was, he had bitterness toward the bank. Apparently he had been an employee. Maybe he felt that uh, from seeing the way the bank operated, that there were many people in the area who were rich and uh, were not being hurt by the recession and by the pandemic. I don't know what was in his mind because he hasn't been examined yet. I'm, well, I'm just theorizing. But there are people, and, they, and he just may have been mentally ill. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But he right. had a gun. Uh, he had a gun. Once again, it's being misnamed. Apparently, he had an AR-15. I'm not sure of that. I think that was the first report. So we shouldn't be absolutely sure, sure that was the weapon he used. But an AR-15, which will immediately will be identified by the press as an assault rifle, is not right. an assault rifle. Uh, again, mis- misnaming. I don't know how he got the gun. I don't know whether he got it legally or illegally. If he got it legally, I would like to know how he passed the background check. He must have done something in the past to indicate trouble, or whether he was the beneficiary of loopholes in the background checks, and those loopholes were not put there by right-wingers. They were put there by uh, people who didn't want mental health to be mentioned too much in the background checks because they were afraid that if it was, that it would deter people from seeking mental help. Mm. And that was, that was the reason. Uh, the, the fact is many people with bad psychological backgrounds get guns legally with the background check because there are certain things that are left out of the background check. That, that has to end. You know, we, right. have to, we have to end the rule of the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the so-called, so-called scientists who gave us so much false information during the, uh, the pandemic, not intentionally, but, but did, and use a little common sense. And the common sense is that, that it, it is, if you have a gun and, you wanna, and you're willing to give up your life, it is very hard to stop that person. The police were there in Kentucky in three minutes. Incredible police response, brave police response. They ran toward the gunfire. Uh, the police must be commended for that and, and uh, uh, appropriately honored. But the reality is that the statistics show, the real studies show, that in one of these shootings, all the damage is done in the first six minutes. So mm-hmm. the fact that they got there in three minutes it was it was and and they did stop the guy i mean apparently from what i hear from what we see on television right now and they are, they are the police are to be called heroes and properly so but the reality is uh four people are dead right you and know, even he, a police officer <laughs> may be dead too i hear right yes 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 and i think one of the police officers but bill go i'm sorry cuz i had a question but go ahead and finish no the reason is the you know when when these things became well-known, these, these school shootings and, and, and mass shootings, the National Rifle Association, of which I am not a member, came out with a statement saying, look, the only thing that will stop the bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And they were laughed at. And they were laughed at. And every time something like this happens, you find these people coming before microphones saying, we must ban assault rifles, telling the truth that we have banned assault rifles in America since 1934. The, the fact is that the only way these things can be stopped, aside from good background checks, and I'm all for them, is to have armed guards. Now, this was a bank. It had armed guards, and it didn't stop it. And people are going to say, you see, it doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter. It does matter in schools. It matters in banks. Uh, you can harden schools with armed guards that will make it impossible for a shooter to get inside. But it isn't a hundred percent solution, especially in a bank where people come in and out easily. We don't stop right. people at the doors. So now the one thing, the, go ahead. Yeah. No, what I wanted to say, Bill, is that if I understand what happened, and we're learning what happened, so I may be wrong here. Uh, the shooting was at like eight thirty-eight or eight forty, which means the bank was not actually open. Yes. So it's possible. It's possible. I'm just speculating that the guard. Uh, either was not on duty. It's also possible, from what I've heard, that this guy uh, knew that a meeting was taking place in a particular place in the bank. Yes. Yes. Uh, so obviously he he, he knew somebody uh, he knew there or had some revenge factor. Uh, but I, you know, I just look at all of this and and I see somebody live streaming his 
his shooting, and I, uh, to me, a person who's live streaming a shooting like this, I understand the gangsters back in the 30s, but the uh, live streaming today means that he knew that there may have been some people watching yes. or, or that he wanted to go down in some heroic fashion. That's my, uh, my sense, Bill. So I'm beginning to think that there are some mental problems as part of this, Bill. I suspect so, and and you know I don't I don't know anything about mental illness beyond the the layman's knowledge. That's why the whole thing has to be investigated. But uh, you know what's going to happen next. The script has been written so many times before. The politicians will come out and make their statements, advocating things that never work, not really serious about what they're saying. And this, of course, follows on the incident in Tennessee just a few yes. weeks ago, where where uh, six people were were killed. And the Tennessee legislature met, and the big story is that they expelled three members uh, for for misbehavior. The, the 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 families of the people who were shot have completely forgotten. The vice president of the United States ran to Tennessee to support the three Democrats who were expelled. She didn't go to support the the, the families. She didn't even visit with the families of the victims. I mean, which tells you what what kind of values some of these people have. But, right. uh, the, 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 you know, we, it's going to happen again. We're going to go through the same thing. And, uh, the, and instead of getting to the truth of the matter is that we have to do unpleasant things to stop unpleasant things. If we have mm-hmm. to have armed guards in schools with guns, but in will come the psychiatrist saying, well, that might traumatize the students. Uh, in fact, there have been studies at Harvard indicating students feel more safely when there are cops with guns in the schools. And by the way, students see cops with guns every day. They see them at intersections. They see them all over the place. But there are people who, for political reasons, for ideological reasons, do not want to do the very things that will stop a shooter from getting into a school. Right. Well, what's interesting, too, about Tennessee is that the vice president is in Tennessee, and the two police officers who were heroes we're not invited to the White House, but yet the two legislators will be invited to the White House, I guess, when That's the right. president gets back from this uh, trip to Ireland. But here, here's to me is the, the, the problem that I have with these interviews that these two uh, fairly young legislators were doing. They kept bringing up the fact that there's too much crime in their community. I, I'm assuming they mean the African-American community. But not a single reporter asked the question, okay, and we agree that there's, there's a lot of shooting going on in, in the black community, but what exactly do you think is happening in the black community that all these shootings are going on? It can't yes. just be the guns. <laughs> What's behind the story? Can you, can you, you know, develop that a little bit so that I get it? Because, you know, I don't, there's not the same amount of shooting in other areas, uh, and right. they have guns too. So, well, but that, nobody's asking that question, Bill. That's what's frustrating. Everybody seems to be focused on, on the gun control and uh, the fact that they were kicked out by the Republican majority, Bill. Yes, well, and isn't it interesting that the new mayor of Chicago, who's even more of a lunatic than the former mayor of Chicago, has actually said publicly that the cause of crime in Chicago is corporations. I mean, this is how, how far – how did this man get to be mayor? He got to be mayor by being black. It that's was a it. racial election. It was, it was, it, that's what it is. The reporters will not talk about it, but he, he, and he says they, they're going to raise the taxes on the corporations and use the money for social services. The very first thing you're going to see is these corporations are going to get out of town as fast as they can. But right. instead of blaming the shooters and blaming the culture that developed the shooters, it's the corporations. The, this is real left-wing government, and it will produce right. nothing but disasters. And there yeah. is a – no, go ahead and finish. I, I, there's a great article, I think I sent it to you, uh, by, by somebody in Chicago saying that maybe cities like Chicago are lost in the sense that yes. so mm-hmm. many people have left. The people who would have voted for the other candidate, Mr. Walls or whatever his name was, are, are not there. They're not there. In other words, the people being left behind elect somebody like this, like Mr. <laughs> Johnson. But then on top of that, Bill, you have the entire public sector unions working uh, on behalf of this candidate. That's the other, the other yes. reason he won. Well, is he that, you know, you, you, that's it. So all of these 
Public sector unions have all their members out there knocking on doors saying, this is our guy, you need to vote for him. That's another factor, and that's killing these cities. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen in Chicago if he actually goes through with this promise of raising taxes uh, on, on corporations, because a lot of companies, like you said, have already left, Yes, and there aren't that many left behind, frankly, that 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 or the ones left behind cannot pick up the burden. I guess what I'm saying, they simply cannot handle the type of burden that they they want to put on them. Either these companies are going to go broke, or they're going to they're going to leave the city, and then what happens then? I guess we'll blame it on the corporations who left the city, Bill. I, I don't know. It's crazy, and Look, nobody's challenging this man, Bill. Sorry to go no. so long, but nobody's challenging him. I mean, he's just. You know, he gets gets away with whatever he says, Bill. Of course, uh, and he is the progressive. This is supposed to be progressive politics. Where is the progress? Where is the progress? Ninety-five percent of the gun deaths in uh, in Manhattan, in New York, are black. Ninety-five percent, and you can be sure that almost ninety-five percent of the shooters are black, and yet nothing is said about it. Uh, we're told that Black Lives Matter. Well, apparently certain black lives don't matter. Uh, if, if, a, if a police officer shoots and kills a, a, a black uh, defendant or, uh, or, or uh, uh, perpetrator, there's a, a national movement, there, there are marches, say her name, Breonna Taylor, say her name, speak her name. But what about the names of these wonderful black children who were killed every week in America and nothing is said? Nothing is said. No, I've never seen a. I've never seen a, a television station send a crew to the funeral. I've, I very rarely see the, the parents of the child interviewed. I, in fact, I don't recall the last time I've seen a black mother interviewed on television. They, they are the. They are the the invisible people uh, in this whole discussion. Uh, they don't count. Only the leaders count. And the leaders, of course, spout the party line, which is the left-wing party line. In Chicago, they first tried to blame – the last administration tried to blame the gun manufacturers as if guns fired themselves. Uh, then uh, and it was pointed out that they have the strictest gun control laws in the country. But what criminal is going to, is going to follow a gun control law if his gun is already illegal and, and, and knows that no matter what he does – Nothing will happen to him. We have these, uh, these Soros-financed uh, uh, DAs, like the one who indicted President uh, Trump last week, who are not there to stop crime. They are there to advance a political agenda, and yet they keep on getting elected. If an election were held in Manhattan tomorrow, the same DA would be elected. Right. Well, but that's the whole point of that article, that these people are being uh, reelected or, or returned to power. Because the people who could stop them have moved out. That's I mean, right. basically, they have moved out to the suburbs, I guess, or moved out somewhere else. So they're not there to vote these people out. So they keep relying on on the public sectors, I guess, to get the vote out. But I thought it was interesting in Chicago that the turnout was horrible. 35% total right. turnout. In a city that, that was in such trouble. Exactly. So, you know, six out of 10 people or whatever decided that they, they had something better to do than vote for the mayor. Uh, I mean, if, if this particular candidate had not received the assistance that he got from the teachers union and, and from the public sectors union, they wouldn't have gotten their votes out because there's apparently a lot of apathy, Bill, in these communities. They don't want to vote. Well, they, they don't want to vote. Sometimes they're told. Uh, by uh, corrupt politicians that we know who you voted for, that the, uh, the vote is really not secret, that, that they, they can record it, they can do this, they can do that. They're told that they have to go out and vote for the brother, or they're not very good members of the community. Uh, these, are, these are people who are basically captives. They're mm -hmm. captives of the criminal class, and they're captives of the political class. I mean, the lack of attention paid to the results of the Chicago election are appalling. Just above, and then we had up up north in um, right. in Wisconsin, right next door, all the attention that was given to the election of this one progressive judge, who uh, to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, uh, whose election will flip that court from a conservative court to a liberal court. Only one newspaper that I saw actually ran a map of Wisconsin showing where the votes came from that elected her. 
they came overwhelmingly from Madison, the right. University of Wisconsin area, which is a hard left area. It's, it's like an enclave. And they vote in these people. They and the, and the black population of Milwaukee are the two most important voting blocks in the state. And they vote in these crazy people. But right. elsewhere in the state, uh, there were some good Republican victories. Well, and that's the thing. What makes that election so confusing, and I, I would like to talk about this election because there's an abortion angle to this election that, that should be an alarm to Republicans. But what makes that election so interesting, and I, I've spoken to several friends up there here in the last couple of days. Number one, the Republicans actually won a supermajority in the Senate that day. So yes. you have to begin to wonder, you know, what is going on here? How can, you know, how can a super, one special election created a supermajority in the Senate, and then this lady defeats her opponent by ten points or something like that? Well, here's a couple of things I'm hearing, Bill, from friends up there. Uh, number one, the the liberal, the the lady who won, outspent her opponent like seven to one. And yes, in fact, right. a friend of mine sent me a list of all of the organizations that had sent money to support her. Uh, not, not many of them have, have addresses in Wisconsin, Bill. And, and most of them, it reminded me. In fact, I, I wrote back to my friend and I said, this reminds me of Beto O'Rourke in 2018. <laughs> the, same, the same playbook. You know, you just bring in money from the outside and and use that money to create an organization. I, I, I said identical to what they did. That's the one thing. Number two, apparently the Republican candidate was not the best one, from what I hear. Yes, that he, he was, was not a popular candidate who had lost before and did not create a lot of excitement in the party. Apparently that's what I'm hearing. And the third thing I'm hearing, and that's what I want to get your reaction to, is Abortion. The Democrats are presenting the abortion issue better than the Republicans. I'll just put it that way. Yes. What the Re Democrats are basically saying is these Republicans want to ban abortion 100%. And the Republicans are just not able to counter that by saying, no, we want to ban late-term abortion. But yes. the, Re the Democrats are getting away with it, Bill. Well, they're getting away with it for, for two reasons. One, they're perfectly happy to lie. Uh, and 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 represent the Republican view in an thoroughly inaccurate way. Uh, and uh, and second, as you said, the Republican the, the Republican base is like the Democratic base. It's, the base is the, is the most radical part of the party, and they are the ones who are pushing these really bad candidates. They're people who embarrass me, uh, and they they are the ones who say no abortion of any kind, uh, no this, no that. Uh, and and they, that and that gets tr uh, uh, filtered through a liberal press, and the Republicans are painted as the bad guys. Uh, the fact of the matter is that most Republicans understand that there will be some abortion, but they want uh, some restrictions on it. The, the Republican attitude, the basic Republican attitude of most Republicans, is exactly where the country is. Uh, that we're going to have abortion, but there will be more restrictions on it, which is the way that Europe went. And it's working as a system. Now, as somebody who is, uh, you know, a pro-life, a pro-life individual might say, yes, but I'm pro-life. I don't want any abortion. But most understand there's going to be some abortion and they want it as restricted as much as possible. And they certainly don't want late term abortions unless there is an absolute medical need. Uh, and they do allow for that. Uh, I was watching a couple of conservatives on television last night. Uh, who, who were saying, who really wants a woman who was raped to be forced to carry the baby uh, to term? And nobody raised their hand. I mean, there, there is a, a national understanding, but the Republican Party is now outside that understanding because of the actions of some of the base. You always have right. to watch your base. You always have to right. keep your party under control. And the Democrats did over a period of years, which is why the Democratic Party deteriorated into what it is today. Uh, the beginning of the late 60s, the old socialists started to come back into the party, mostly through the women's movement and so, through mm -hmm. some other movements. And they took down a party that was actually... Uh, the majority party in the United States. We forget we went for decades in this country right. with a Democratic uh, uh, Congress. 
uh, and they were 40 crazy. years actually 40 yes, years i mean were. from the, from eisenhower to clinton uh, yes. the democrats ran the, the both houses yeah and they, and they weren't cra- they weren't crazy they knew they had no. to be center left to stay in power but but you've got people now in the Democratic Party who really are whack jobs. But sadly, there are some on the other side who are just as wacky. Yeah, well, I mean, my, my, my own position, I'm pro-life. I believe that every effort should be made to save the life. But, you know, I, I kind of like what they did in Mississippi, which is, the, you know, where the, the overturning of Roe v. Wade came from, where they came up with 15 weeks. Uh, I might be willing to go back to 12 uh, weeks, but... I, I think that if a woman is raped or a victim of incest, I, I do think that the woman should have the option to have an abortion. Yes, absolutely. It shouldn't be illegal to have an abortion. But what really hurt the Republicans, and they were just caught off guard by this. They just didn't anticipate this. Uh, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, most of the states went back to whatever was there before. That's right. And in the case of Wisconsin, it went back to 1849 bill. Yes. <laughs> there was a law from 1849. Well, that's crazy. They had Republican majorities in both houses, the Senate and the House there in Wisconsin. They should have written a law that says, you know, we're going to allow abortions like they did in Mississippi for 10 or 15 weeks and send it to the governor and force the debate on their terms. But they didn't. And they didn't. So the, the debate was conducted on the Democrats' terms. The same thing happened in Minnesota. Same thing happened in Minnesota. In Minnesota, uh, the the Republic or the Democrats picked up the state Senate by 350 votes in one election, all because of abortion. So we got to figure this out. We have to figure out how we're going to combat it because the Democrats are are pretty good at at framing those debates, and we're pretty good at at letting the, letting them do it, Bill. Well, the Democrats are good at it, and one of the reasons they're good at it is they control the school systems, and they, and they don't control the press, but the press is their ally. The major news organizations are liberal. You can tell by the questions that, that, that are asked. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know if there is a solution. You know, we as a nation may have had our 250 years. There's an old saying that democracies last 250 years. Mm-hmm. There's another old saying that says that democracies last until people learn they can raid the treasury. Well, we're at both points. We're That's at both right. points. We're beginning to enter that 250-year period, and the American people through the Democratic Party are raiding the treasury. And, the, and also you'll notice that around the world, if you, see, if you follow the news as you do uh, and I do every day, you'll notice there's one incident after another where American weakness is shown. That's right. And, it's, it's, and I it's want to get into that, Bill, after yes, the break, because okay. that's one of the major sure. points I want to talk about today in the state of the world, because it does not look good at all. And, I, and, and so give me, let, let's take a break. Sure. And then when we come back, we'll pick up this foreign policy story, because um, I'm beginning to think, uh, Bill, that foreign policy is going to be a huge issue in 2024. And uh, I think you agree with me on that. Let's take a little break, and we'll be back with Bill right after this. Uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, chatting with our good friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Bill, before we get to the foreign policy situation, you mentioned the indictment of President Trump. It was exactly a week ago that the city was full of people and the police were out in the streets. Uh, A week later, how does it look, Bill? Not so much the the indictment itself, but just the the mood of the city. Uh, I don't think it has had much of an effect on the mood of the city. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, one of the things, excuse me, I wrote at Urgent Agenda is that when the uh, indictment was handed down, the cost to New York City was vast financially. They had they had police everywhere. 
They had um, uh, guards everywhere. Whole major arteries had to be uh, stopped uh, for that day. Millions and millions of dollars. And uh, what I said in, in, in my piece was, maybe the next time a woke prosecutor wants to do something this stupid, he ought to think about what the effect is on the city around him. Because it, 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 just, it just disrupted everything. I think it is very well known now uh, to people who have followed the story that the uh, prosecutor in the case was, was uh, one of these George Soros types. I think it's well known that most lawyers who are interviewed on television who are serious lawyers feel it's a very, very weak case. And the very subject of it is weak. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, it, this has never happened before in American history. And you'd think that to break a, a, a precedent that goes back to George Washington, that you would have a gigantic case, a case, for example, of a former president selling secrets to an enemy country. That would be a case, uh, a former president uh, uh, engaged in bribery to use his, his influence. That would be a case. But a, he, he paid some hush money. Uh, to a woman over a sexual affair, if, 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 that, if that is a big case, most of Washington would be claimed, cleaned out in a day. I mean, right. you know, I mean... Uh, well, the, 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 I understand there's like 200 of these agreements that members of Congress have signed, and they're, I guess they're part of the record there in Washington because they had to submit these agreements to the archives or whatever, but I think you're right. I think what makes this agreement so bad is the fact that it was so weak. I mean, yes. to this day, uh, Trump hasn't even been told what, what he's being charged with. Yes, I that's mean, right. That's amazing that's viol- to me, Bill. That's a violation of the Sixth Amendment. Uh, and, uh, it's, and another thing that's amazing is the next session of the court to deal with this will be in December. I mean, <laughs> right. you talk about justice being slow, but I think they're timing it. Uh, stores to coincide with the election campaign to knock Trump out of the election campaign, which they may do. There are two other uh, cases that apparently are stronger. The one in Atlanta, where another local uh, left-wing prosecutor is after him for uh, for apparently uh, uh, threatening to steal votes. Or so. it's so vague, uh, uh, but it'll probably he'll, there'll be an indictment because it's Atlanta, and we know what the juries are like in these cities. Right. And the grand juries, and that'll be added to how can a man run for president with these things against him? And it may have its effect. I don't know. But it may get him elected too, Bill. I'm not saying it will, but the the overkill nature of this, I think a lot of people may be just, you know, it's it's like it's too much. I mean, we're going after. If this first case, Bill, had been stronger, if this yes. first case had been had been the strongest of the three. Then maybe it would have been harmful, but I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if any, if anything is going to hurt uh, Trump. Uh, not that I'm supporting him, but he he is lucky sometimes with the enemies that he has. Bill, one quick question: You mentioned the cost to the city of New York. Uh, is is this only on New York? I mean, can New York uh, send the invoice to the federal government for this bill, or is this simply New York is going to pay it? New York will pay it, just as New York has to pay for the illegal immigrants. There is no federal reimbursement. And so we have uh, illegal immigrants uh, living in luxury hotels in the middle of the theater district, which is outrageous to begin with. We have a higher crime rate. Uh, we, we have a situation where now we have to decide whether illegal immigrants uh, will go to th- our, our schools we have we have to do that. We do have to educate them because that's it wasn't the children's fault that they're here Ill- illegally. Uh, they will get free medical care. Uh, they will apparently uh, get other things. And the, the and, and unless it's, it's under a federal program, the city of New York must pay. And I'm not, I'm not even sure that the city of New York is getting any help from the state because the state government is under the control of the radical wing of the Democratic Party. And and they don't necessarily like New York. New York isn't right. radical enough for them. You know, it's, it's, you, you you think about these things, and you think about the, this this whole thing with President Trump. Um, I I remember when I was in elementary school, we we started playing games like spin the bottle. You know, little kids play games like spin the yes. bottle, 
and, 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 and as it, it goes to you, you go out and you kiss a girl, uh, an 11 year old girl, and it's cute little kid stuff that we used to do. And I remember that uh, playing a game of spin the bottle, and one girl got very upset over it. She didn't want this boy to kiss her. And so he bought her some good humor ice cream. Now, is that called hush ice cream? I mean, <laughs> I. We, he paid hush ice cream. I think we're going to have to contact the Justice Department over there. Yes. It's yeah, you need a you need a, an indictment there, Bill. I mean, an oh, indictment to, pro, to protect the financial integrity of the Manhattan District. You know, you the Manhattan know. District is, uh, in the words of the prosecutor, uh, the number one place to do business. I would question that, by the way. But anyway, uh, in his words, uh, the most important business. Uh, place in the world, and you have to have a uh, you know you have to protect them. Uh, you have to protect the integrity. So we're going to go after Trump. I thought that you know Trump was actually you know pretty good in the way he behaved that day, Bill. I mean, you and I yes. w- we spoke before the the his actual trip to the court, but I thought you know Trump was he looked pretty cool. I mean, he he looked like he looked he didn't look happy. But he didn't exactly look to me like he was afraid either, Bill. No, he. he I think he conducted himself well. Uh, he uh, made some statements, otherwise outside the court that I wish he hadn't made because why get why get in trouble, get in more trouble? But uh, the judge, who is a uh, a Democratic judge, I mean, uh, who is a real Democratic judge, I mean, he contributes <laughs> to Democratic Party campaigns. <laughs> you think he'd have the you think he'd have the dignity to recuse himself and say there must, in a case like this, be no doubt about the justice system. But this is a guy who made financial contributions to Joe Biden's campaign, and here he is presiding over the case. Uh, first of all, frankly, he should have just dismissed the case because it's so ridiculous. But they're going to make something of this. The objective yeah. is to get Trump. Is to get. It's either to get Trump out of the campaign or to get him nominated because they think he'll be the weakest candidate and maybe pile on just before the election all kinds of legal charges. And uh, you don't know what the actual effect of that is going to be. No, you don't. Yeah, I think their dream is to see a Republican convention nominating Trump for president with a lot of charges against him. And they're going to say, what kind of people are these? Are these the people who want running the government? And then see him lose the election to a Joe Biden who doesn't campaign again as he didn't last time because he doesn't know where he is. And they will, and suddenly realizing on election day, they've, they've just nominated uh, uh, Joe Biden for another four years. And the vice president, who almost certainly will become president, is, is uh, uh, Kamala Harris. I would, say, right. I would say Hillary Clinton, she would take the job. That's right. <laughs> no, you're right. But I, I, I tell you, who knows what what the world is going to look like by the time these conventions happen because uh, the world looks very unsafe right now. And and you begin to wonder where will the rubber band break because there's so many tension points. And, you know, you got China and Taiwan. I guess that would be number one uh, on the list. And and the Chinese are, I guess, are they're, they're angry that Speaker McCarthy visited with the president of Taiwan and they're making some noise. You've got Putin in Ukraine. Uh, you have uh, other other situations, uh, and, and you know the, the the situation with uh, China. You know, traveling around Latin America, making relationships with countries. You have Brazil and China uh, cutting a, a trade deal where they were they're going to ditch the American the American dollar. Uh, they, all these things they they have to come back to. I mean, something has to break, Bill. You know, I, I, you cannot expect all these things to go the the right way for the for the country, Bill. Well, look, nothing is going the right way for the country. I mean, you see, I mean, good, goodness sake, did you see that statement that Macron of France made uh, in meeting with the Chinese leader that France cannot uh, simply follow the United States? I mean, I, I would hope that President Biden noticed. Maybe he would even call the president of France if they if they have the right phone number in the White House. Right, right, and right. Say, look, Macron, you know, uh, uh, make statements like that. You're going to get in trouble with us, and we're right. still the world's leader. But we don't act like a leader. We don't act like a leader. We have right. we have no real policy in Ukraine. Uh, these this uh, intelligence leak, by the way, 
that they're now reporting on was exceptionally damaging. Uh, it, uh, I don't know where it came from. There were some intelligence experts who were being very cautious about it. They don't know whether it, it came from an American uh, uh, a person who, by the way, has committed a very grievous crime and could go to jail for the rest of his life if they catch him. Or was it something that was intercepted by a foreign entity which then made copies? But this is serious stuff. It revealed information about uh, Israel, and the Israelis are going to love that. I mean, they, are, they already don't have much of a, uh, respect for Biden, but they're going to love that because they're, they're, uh, they do very sensitive work for us. Uh, it, they, it revealed other information. It revealed uh, uh, strategies that the United States government was considering. And uh, uh, what do you do? I mean, what do you do about this? They have to track down the person. They say the Justice Department is on the case. Yeah, I'll bet. They're on the case like they were on the case about the guy who leaked the copy of the Supreme Court uh, abortion decision. Uh, how many months have gone by? They can't catch the person. How many right, that's people a year and a half ago, isn't it? How, how well, when did that happen? A year ago, right? Yeah. How many people in the Supreme Court building had seen that paper? Probably about four. You right, know, and right. they, they can't. We, we haven't been able to nail it down yet. Uh, and, uh, well, and they'll blame Clarence Thomas for that, Bill. They're, they're going to blame Clarence Thomas for that leak, and, and I guess uh, they're trying to nail uh, Clarence Thomas over everything over there. But but you're right. The, but one thing that that I think would be different, Bill, and, and I know it's easy to say this. It sounds like I'm, I'm playing politics, but I cannot think I, – I, I just cannot believe that the president of Brazil would sit down with the president of China and ditch the American dollar – Without getting That's a phone right. call from Trump saying, if you do that, there are going to be consequences, and don't put me to the test. The That's same right. with France. The same with France. You know, people forget that President Trump sat down with the president of Mexico, and they were able to get some things, actually some good things done on the border. Remain in Mexico, and the president of Mexico was willing to cooperate and as I understand, again, this is not official, but everybody tells you that what apparently happened is that you know President Trump said to President Lopez Obrador, look, if you don't help me, I'm naming these people uh, terrorist organizations, and then I'm right. going to take care of the problem. Well, the president of Mexico didn't want that because he didn't want to have to admit that he couldn't control the problem, and he went along with Trump. As soon as Trump left the White House, that was the end of the negotiation. Brazil the same way. I, I just... There's just a lot of times when people, when I really think that what the country needs is not necessarily Trump's tweets, but it certainly could use his leadership, Bill. Well, absolutely. And that's, look, Trump is a tragedy in a way. He has such good ideas and such good instincts, but he is such, as a man, he just, you know, people just don't like him. And he makes these wild statements. He, he has a little bit of the Nixon gene. You know, he just has that side to him he can't control because uh, in terms of imagination, in terms of understanding uh, situations in the country, nobody is better. But so let's you can we can only see what happens. Uh, DeSantis has not yet announced uh, a candidacy. Right. He's not doing well against Trump. And uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll sit it out. Maybe he'll say, look, this is not my year. Uh, and uh, while the, the party is loaded with good candidates, loaded with them. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, at this point, if anybody could be Trump. Look, we, we are careful on this broadcast not to predict the future because you never know what will happen. We don't know right. what will happen internationally. We don't know if, if, if Iran will explode a nuclear bomb uh, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, the president will sit there and do nothing. They're already mm -hmm. negotiating a temporary agreement with Iran. Who needs this agreement? It only benefits them. And, right. But there is, there is an element in, the, in this administration. It's the Obama crowd. We know who mm -hmm. it is. And oh, they, sure. They, um, they, they not the, it doesn't benefit the United States, that's for sure. No. Well, they, and they don't care any more than Obama ever cared. He, he wants the, us to be close to Iran. Uh, he, he feels, I think that these are people who want to replace Israel as our main ally in the Middle East, a country that loves America, with Iran, a country that hates America. I mean, this right. is the kind of thinking that goes on with these people. But we are losing in foreign policy. One of the most interesting things, and mm -hmm. I, uh, 
uh, that I, I ran recently was a story about the buildup of, uh, of Japanese civil defense. Uh, they're, now, they're now building up their civil defense in case of an attack on Japan. This was unheard of 10 years ago. Uh, Japan tried to be as unmilitary as possible. They're now building a very formidable navy again, thank goodness. Uh, and, they're, and they're building a formidable air force. They're going to fly the latest American planes. Japan, for many decades after World War II, was almost pacifist. They, they knew what World War II had done to them. And they're now changing, and they're changing, in my view, for the better, because they fear China, they fear North Korea, and they don't necessarily have great confidence in the United States, and I don't blame them. And I would think Australia and New Zealand better get on the game, too, because yes. uh, they're in that same neighborhood. You know, we don't think of them, but they're pretty close in that neighborhood. The Philippines, I would assume, uh, uh, as well. But it, a couple of quick things, Bill, here uh, before we go. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar. We may have talked about this last week, but there were other things more important last week. You're familiar with Bud Light and the commercial they did? Oh, yes. With this uh, young man, I guess. Uh, apparently, the, the, the VP, the VP of marketing in this company has explained uh, what she decided to do. And she said that something along the lines that they were having problems with the, the brand, you know, that I, and I didn't even know this. I didn't, didn't know that Bud Light was having a, a marketing problem. So they decided to, to take care of the marketing problem by, by hiring a, a man acting like a woman. Bill, I, somehow or another, that would never occur to me as a good no. marketing strategy to sell a beer. I, I just find, I mean, I'm saying, no. who are these people doing, Bill? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe their opponents will, will now run a commercial of a guy at a bar saying, give me a Bud Light. And he has right. a Bud Light. And, and next to him is a, is a man in a dress. Right. <laughs> he says, give me one, too. That's right. for me. <laughs> now, look. Yeah, I have Bud no, Light I have is nothing. for me now, right? Yes. But right. apparently well, they've, well, taken a, they've taken a hit uh, from oh, what oh, you yes, know, yes. the news well, reports look, are. Uh, I, I have look. I have nothing against trans people. Uh, they should have the same equal rights as everyone else in the country. I mean, uh, they uh, they have may have a, a biological issue. That's their private business. But I just don't want people imposing themselves on the country the way groups are. The the idea of of, of human rights is equal rights, not special rights. And uh, and you just get this feeling of radical elements within groups. Uh, just imposing themselves, imposing themselves on the armed forces. I mean, right. they're now teaching woke studies in the Air Force Academy. Now, well, now, and that brings me another point, though, Bill, if I may. I know we're kind of running out of time, but uh, getting back to the political, uh, the foreign policy issue for a second, you just mentioned the Air Force. We're having a problem recruiting soldiers, Bill. Yes, we sure at are. A time, at a time when we may be needing them. Because if we get into, I mean, if any of these rubber bands that I was talking about break, we could be, I mean, I was listening to, I don't remember who in the last 24 hours saying that we might have to send ground troops to Taiwan, that it could get that serious. Well, uh, I don't have any fear that our, our, our soldiers will do well, but we got to have more of them, and right now we don't. And I think a lot of it is because of this administration and their woke policies, Bill. Well, yes. I mean, look, who wants to join a military force that, first of all, is being allowed to deteriorate? We don't have enough ships in the Navy. And second, we are going to be told about critical race theory. The military already was doing a good job in terms of, in fact, of any institution in American society, possibly the best job of equality. I mean, we, we, we went to war under black generals. Nobody objected. Uh, we should continue what we were doing, which is saying just treat your brother or sister soldiers the way you would want to be treated. And it was working. Who needs it? We don't even need it. Right. We don't even need it. And it is, it is driving away the, the uh, recruit who wants to be proud of being a part of the armed services and, and doesn't really want to get into this stuff. And and we are we are we do not have the 
personnel. The Air Force has just lowered its uh, physical standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Army, I think, has lowered its standards. And right. this is what we don't need and what we don't explain to the American people, and the Republicans should explain it, and, and not just once a year, but all the time, is that foreign countries look at this, and these are the things they judge this country by. We learned after 1968, that year, that terrible year in which Robert Kennedy was assassinated and Dr. King was assassinated and we had riots in the streets. We learned that foreign countries were looking at this and, right. and, and they were assessing the strength of the United States. And for a long time after the Vietnam War, we were wobbly. We really mm-hmm. were. One of the lines used during that period, I remember, was the, the United States is the worst ally you can have because they're not dependable. And a lot of people took that seriously. That's right. No, you're right. And and, and, it, and it took Reagan, really, to bring it back. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because Reagan uh, understood the big the big picture. Well, Bill, um, again, uh, thank you so much for your time. As always, uh, very informative. And uh, I just think that at Urgent Agenda, I know you, you write a great deal about foreign policy, and, and I certainly recommend everyone checking you out because – this is an issue that you take an interest in and an issue that you understand very well. And I know that I just have a feeling that you're going to be writing a lot about the foreign policy here over the next 12 to 18 months because that's going to be the priority. I mean, I really do. I'm, the economy back here, all of that is a problem too. But the problems around the world, that's what scares me because when those problems around the world, when that rubber band breaks, as I, as I said a minute ago, there's a young man from Texas who may have to serve somewhere, Bill, that's and fight right. those wars. And that's, uh, that's not a good thing. Well, have a great yeah. day, Bill. Thank you, Silvio, and we'll look forward to the next session. We'll get together the next time. Thank you very much, our good friend uh, Bill Cap. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas battling a few allergies, uh, as I tend to do this time of the year. Bye-bye, everybody.